Knock, knock. Who's there? Uh, gorilla. <laughs> gorilla who? Gorilla me some burgers. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your turn. Knock, knock. Who's there? Your armpits. <laughs> oh, boy, we're going to this one. I already know how this ends. Your armpits who? Your armpits smell like dead raccoons. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Hearing the voice of Parker, who came up with this amazing joke about five minutes before we started this recording. Oh, I just tweeted that joke. That's why I'm still laughing about it. Oh, that. nice. <laughs> yeah. So, dead raccoons. If your armpits smell like dead raccoons, if you know what dead raccoons Go smell to the like, hospital. then yeah, do something about it. Hospital, just bath, deodorant. I don't know any of that. Jump in a lake. Maybe. Might be more dead raccoons in there. You never know. Dead Raccoon Lake, I guess. I don't know. Yep. So, we're podcasting on a Tuesday. Like we do every other podcast. Like we do every other podcast. <laughs> but, we've got a big week ahead. We do so have a big, pretty big week ahead. Starting it's tomorrow. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Tomorrow night. It's happening. Yep. We see Fish at Blossom tomorrow night. Thursday, we drive to Pittsburgh and see Chelsea's parents. And... Then Friday, we drive to Northern Virginia. Sounds right. Aldi, I believe. Aldi, Virginia. It's a big grocery store. Yeah. It's um, just all, all kinds <laughs> of like off-price or off-brand Yeah. It's just only knockoff foods. foods there. Hey, Aldi's delicious. Everyone loves Aldi. They do. You, you did a whole podcast on Aldi, actually. I did. Yep, back in the day. And then after that, we're going to D.C. to see fish a couple more times. So it's going to be a big week, big weekend ahead. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah. I know I am. I too am. I'm, I'm looking for I'm looking for no rain tomorrow, so everyone cross your fingers, even though the first time you'll be have this available to listen to will be Thursday, and it, tomorrow will have already happened. But <laughs> but if you could hope, backdate your hope that there is no rain mm-hmm. tomorrow. The weather looks okay, right? I looked, well, you said it did, but I looked at AccuWeather, because you use weather.com. Yeah. It's definitely supposed to rain tomorrow night. Okay. But it might be after midnight. But then it's the next day. That's not tomorrow. Well, but it's when they do the PMs. I don't know. It's I don't know how do they how they do the PMs. So I mean, tomorrow is fifty percent chance. Like PM thunderstorms, scattered showers and thunderstorms in the afternoon. I don't know. At night tomorrow night it's ninety percent. But like I think that's after midnight. Anyway, I'm just reading weather forecasts on our podcast, so I should probably stop that. We should just have a podcast where we read the weather forecast for different cities. Yeah, that'd be a smashing hit. I think people could really get behind that. Yeah. All right, so the latest the hourly goes in Cuyahoga Falls is 1 p.m. We got 0% chance of rain then. So we're just going to roll with the punches tomorrow. We got pavilion seats, so push comes to shove, we're not going to be that wet. <laughs> Right, but you're not allowed to bring a golf umbrella. You're only allowed to bring little stubby umbrellas. I know, and I, I only have a big golf umbrella, so... Uh, yeah, my umbrella is long. I think Parker might have an, a smaller umbrella, but if we're happy to take an umbrella with... Uh, uh, I can't think of the name of those. Monster High. I should have picked High. one up today at Target. Monster High, so oh. we've got a Monster High umbrella, I think. All right. So, anyway... Unrelated to any of any of that, today's podcast is is about um, search engine optimization, which is something that Chelsea and I do almost every day. 
but have only done one podcast on. Well, we've mentioned it here or there. I hope that I do it every day since that is 100% my job. Yeah, you try to at <laughs> least. Um, I probably don't do SEO every day, but pretty close. I used to at my old job. And it's definitely something that I read about every day. So <laughs> we wanted to talk about, I don't know, we landed on like a general thought for this episode. And I kind of took notes on like if you're a freelancer or an agency or something like that, a consultant, um, things to look at before you take on an SEO project. Like when you're just doing like the audit or something like that mm-hmm. um, ahead of time and deciding, do I want this person as a client or not? You know, what's what's the right fit for them? What's the right fit for me? And Chelsea kind of thought about it from the perspective of a business or an individual, uh, the sole proprietor who might want to hire an SEO, whether it's an agency or or just a person to come in and help them and some thoughts that they might have, right? Yep. And I think the biggest thing maybe for for both sides of this is, um, which I think when we worked at the Cartridge Group, there was a lot of messaging around like, hey, we might not be the best fit for you. Um, where we had some agency partners that maybe they would, um, you know, refer you to or, or talk through why you're not a great fit. Um, and that's really important. I think that needs, that conversation needs to be happening on both sides of the fence, whether you are a business looking to hire an agency or an agency looking to take on a new client, because in where I work now, we have shorter term contracts where the Carter group has a, a full year contract. For most of their clients, um, but when it comes to other box, some of the, the contracts are shorter, and some of them we know are going to be short. It's like a very specific, mm-hmm. like you're hired, we you know, for six months of work, specific goals in mind, and those are actually usually pretty good because you know exactly what you need to accomplish in that time. Right, that actually sounds nice to be honest with you, and it's not just here make make my business better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, I mean, and we do see those come through and like I said, but at the at the same time, we've also had some people who kind of maybe don't understand what they should expect or what they should be getting. And that's not necessarily the fault of the salesperson or the, even the SEO team. But I think what it comes down to is maybe people aren't asking the right questions to begin with. Um, so when they start looking at the discovery doc and the questionnaires that we ask them as we're getting ready to develop their campaigns, we start to kind of get some hesitancy in, in those areas where people are like, oh, I've got to give you all this information. Like, yeah, I don't just, you don't just wave your wand and I get more <laughs> money. Like, <laughs> right. So, I mean, I think that we can kind of piggyback off of each other. Maybe the way I was thinking, just because not just because you have way more written down than I do. Um, but, it just looks that way because I have a smaller piece of paper. Oh, maybe. <laughs> but, you know, something that maybe you can start on your end and I can kind of see where I can put the the other side of the spin on it. Sure. Well, I think, you know, when you first get someone coming to you for SEO work um, or marketing work in general, really, you should always, your first question should be, what are your goals? And then figuring out how you could, how you should measure those goals. And if it's SEO in particular... Then say to yourself, okay, this is what their goal is, and this is how they want to measure it. Is SEO the best way to achieve that goal for them? Like, you know, am I going to be able to achieve this goal for this person? If not, I don't want to just take their money and not be able to do anything for them. Or maybe it could just be better spent elsewhere, and I can just be honest with them. And, you know, then once they have this one piece done, maybe they'll come back to me for SEO help. Because you don't want to set yourself up to fail either. No. Because that looks bad on you, and nobody's happy in the end. And I... So on that side of it, from my my perspective, um, is we oftentimes um, 
people come in and, and they expect kind of this, like you said, this magic wand approach. It's like, all right, we've been doing one month of work together and I'm immediately going to expect that all of my numbers are increasing 50%. Um, But really, that's not how it works. And we've, I've said it on client calls and I've said the words myself that, you know, if you're looking for a quick fix, if you're really looking to come out of the gate strong, maybe SEO is, you know, is definitely something that you want to have as part of your strategy, but it's more of a long-term strategy. Um, There are always some quick wins, but maybe you need some PPC out of the gate that really will help you um, get the ball rolling Mm -hmm. and it'll bring in the revenue that you need to be able to spend more money long-term. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the thing. I mean, you have to just decide, you know, are they trying to do a product, do a crazy like product launch and generate a lot of media hype in like the next two months? Or do they just want to get more traffic and get more leads to their, their business website um, over the span of the next year or two? So really, you know, if you SEO can help with both of those, but if you're only doing SEO... That, Sorry. <laughs> that second situation you spilled all over the table, too. I know. This table's fine. It's not going to get yeah. injured. Um, the second part, uh, or the second piece where you only have a, a couple months or something, you want to do a product launch, you might want to do a little more advertising, and then that'll kind of like boost your SEO anyway because of the authority you'll start to build. So, But thinking so, about anyway. those goals are, are so important because oh, yeah. it, by establishing those goals and coming out, everyone's... Everyone knows what the goals are, and everyone should be working towards the same goal. Right. Um, and sometimes you'll find in those questionnaires and discoveries when you're talking about goals is, how are you measuring these things? You know, like, I work for an agency that uses, I mean, I think every agency I've worked for, which is two, but every job I've had where we've done any kind of marketing work um, in the digital field that Google Analytics has been the, the core um, tracking, but maybe you have a different, maybe you've, you're used to seeing your reports in a different format or well, you have a HubSpot account and yeah. you, you know, you use the built-in HubSpot metrics that are there or yeah. whatever it might be, but you know, make sure that the agency that you're working with has the ability to access and or create similar or the same reports or at the same time that you understand just the reports. Just reports that provide that, value for you. Yeah. And you not just reports <laughs> that uh, offer metrics that like, oh, this metric is so great. And you're like, well, what, that doesn't mean anything for my business. So making sure that the reporting side the piece fits as well. So once you have the, those goals in mind and you decide that SEO is a good fit for those goals, you as the agency or the freelancer um, will end up building a strategy that helps them achieve, achieve that goal. And I know we talked a little bit about building a lot of it, a bit about building a strategy a couple episodes ago. But for SEO in particular, just a couple of things that I like to think about, um, or just to like go through and just look at the, like, so I use Moz, and one of the first things I would do is plug their domain into Moz's Keyword Explorer and just see what phrases they rank for now and where they rank. And then if they gave me some competitors, I would do the same thing for those competitors and see where the overlap is and then see what the competitors rank for that we don't rank for, and then just start kind of making a list. Okay, here's the things we rank well for, here's the stuff that the competitors rank well for that we might want to. So you can kind of start to get an idea of, you know, what search phrases do we want to target, do we want to show up for, and that just gives you a little base of, it's easy to use the competitors and yours rather than just start typing in random keywords and phrases into the, any sort of keyword research tool okay. and just like rolling with whatever it generates. <laughs> Does Moz give you a Venn diagram? Yeah. 
Yeah, it gives you a Venn diagram, and you can do up to three or four sites. Um, so it'll have the Venn diagram, then you can click in each area, and it'll give you a list broken out of each area. So it's pretty robust user experience. I like it. Um, but it's a really good way to start um, if you want to start figuring out what phrases um, that you should be targeting and what's already working well. Another thing um, you should be looking at is just their website in general. So how does their website look? Is it is it old or is it new and relatively easy? Is it going to be easy to update? So if you have all these SEO recommendations but no one can implement them, there's not really going to be a help to anyone. I think we worked with a client at the Karcher Group that ended up leaving because like we wrote we it was right when I first started was that drone place. We rewrote all of the like titles and descriptions, but they couldn't implement any of them because it was all like through some crazy code or yeah. something like that. I see that a lot where I work now where, um, you know, kind of the basic core SEO pieces where you've got page title, meta descriptions, and H1s are the, you know, top three things that we're working on um, when we're doing speed optimizations or on the gate optimizations. Um, but you don't, you would be surprised how many times I run into a CMS that doesn't allow you to change the H1 without changing like the navigation, which then you can't go back and, and revise the navigation yeah. or, um, you yeah, know, so it, it changes, sure. like it changes the URL, like of the actual, oh God, like, yeah. I mean, there's so many things I've, I've, I feel like I've run into at least three or four different variations of issues that occur, um, and not being able to update an H1. And that's, you know, for us and, and for me, from an SEO standpoint, that's kind of like the number two on page right like, i mean it's just the, the basic thing. basic thing that you need yeah. i had a i had a i know that i've told you the story before but i know i didn't on the podcast where i was working with a client um they had just launched a new website and it didn't have h1s and we were still kind of working with their development team and i wrote their about the third party development team a message more or less saying like it's 2019 your cms should come with the basic seo properties and you shouldn't be billing your client any more dollars to actually get that um, functionality, yeah, added. it's garbage. Like, it's like if you're, if you just get your trash CMS out of here. Yeah, if like. you just built a website for somebody and there doesn't have the ability to change or add an H one, then just go home because yeah. your CMS is crap. I, right. I say any CMS should be able to do out of the box what WordPress can do out of the box, and if you can't, then your word, then your CMS needs to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, making sure you're looking at the site and looking under the hood and making sure, can I change this? Can I do what I promise? But also, making like when I say making sure SEO is the right fit, look at their website. If this website hasn't been touched since 2005 and the design is horrible and it's just super dated, maybe you need to recommend, hey, like let me work with a developer and we'll build a website together because I'm not going to be able, I can do as much SEO on this thing as I want, but people are going to get here and hate it because the site looks like it's from 2006. Did I tell you we just started a site that had hidden keywords like white? Oh boy. That's, yeah. That's something. <laughs> like on a white, like if you're not familiar with the like really old black hat SEO um, techniques that the, was to put a bunch of keywords um, on a white background in white text so you couldn't see them. So it just looked like maybe there was some white space at the bottom of the page. But if you kind of went through and highlighted it or if you're like savvy enough to inspect the, the code or whatever, um, you definitely could see them. And that was something with Google. I think it was like the Penguin update, like one of the very first big updates that happened or Panda or one of the one of those yeah. i don't remember which one it, had it was to be an or something that happened early on yeah but it was like very early like all right all of a sudden if your website has <laughs> any of these like but we like but it was funny just to, to still see yeah, that there's still people that. trying to 
to do those things are still maybe they didn't know it's like you know maybe someone built their website so long ago and they don't have yeah, a marketing or that's what it was yeah yeah i audited a site one of my last weeks at the cartridge group and they had they were pulling all their content in via flash and the font was comic sans oh boy no i, I feel like in my scorecards for those we used to do scorecards and for sites like that i would just basically write in every box like you need a new website like there's yeah. no there's no if ands or buts around this like we're not working on this one when like so, flash isn't even supported and yeah they're gonna they're ending yeah. adobe is stopping flash well, altogether they should. It's, a t- it's terrible yeah so anyway so yeah look at the website itself um so you know if you're able to to make the changes that you need to make or you know if you hear any rustling in the back there's a <laughs> camp out going on behind us with some yeah. snacks Kids are in a tent, and they loaded up for this 45 minutes that they will not be um, hanging out outside. They are inside the tent with a, probably four days' worth of snacks. Yeah. They're not going hungry in there, at least. That's definitely not. So, yeah, if you hear rustling, rustling or, or random shouts because somebody's foot is in someone's space, it's because there's a tent behind us. Yep. So after you decided um, that their website's okay to work on or and you know what phrases they should target and what they already should rank for, I like to look next at the low-hanging fruit, which is a super corporate jargony thing, but I think it fits. I read some sales notes where, actually today, where the word low-hanging fruit was written like five times in the same document, and I was like punching low-hanging fruit by the end of the... <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I was sorry like, to bring it back, bring no, it back it up like, to you. It was like four paragraphs where the word like the phrase low hanging fruit is and it's like such just a that's such an agency term like yeah but it is like it's there is always low hanging fruit there's right. easy things that you can attack out of a gate well i remember um it was like an eye doctor back is, at the cartridge is, group it's my chair that keeps clicking i think oh sorry because there's like a screw loose oh okay um sorry. or something like that but anyway i remember there was like an eye doctor back at the cartridge group and they, they didn't even show up and search for their own name. So we just went into their WordPress and it, like the box was checked that says like, do not allow Google to index the site. Yeah. So we just unchecked that box and immediately like they were seeing better results. So, like that's the first thing you look at. Like, is this site indexable? Are they saying don't index our homepage in robots.txt? So they yeah. have that bad box <laughs> checked in, uh, in WordPress um, because that's a really quick win. Yeah. If, if anyone have. ever comes to you and says that there is, that they're, they launched a new website and their new pages are not ranking, but their old pages what their old pages still are. The first thing to do is look at their robots.txt file and make yeah, sure that make they sure. have not put a no follow on their entire website. Which could be there because yeah. when you're building a website, you don't want it to be followed. Then exactly. when you push everything, I, I feel like I've seen that. Not just that. It's, I remember that one, but I also remember it other times. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it happens from time to time. So that's a quick win, and it's a very low-hanging fruit. It's practically on the ground. Um, (laughs) So then, like Chelsea talked about, titles and descriptions, um, making sure that those are there, that they're populated, and that they're well-written, enticing to click on, all that stuff. So when someone sees your page in the search results, um, you know, they want to click on it, and they know that it answers their question um, how fast does their site load is another important thing. Speed. And there's so many different speed tests out there, like G- everything from GT metrics to Google um, developers, like speed tests or whatever. So you can see um, really quickly how fast the site loads. And speed is like a top three ranking factor at Google at this point. So, And I will tell you from it, if, if you are an agency 
or even if you are somebody who's looking to hire an agency, it doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on, um, have that communication early on. Um, we've had clients, you know, come through and we talk about site speed and, and we'll send them like the Google site speed test or the GT metrics one. And, uh, I've completely seen like, you know, cl like, cl like clients have been offended that they're like, well, don't hand me a report that I can get on my own. <laughs> like you've now just like, you're not giving me any information that I didn't already know. <laughs> so... Just, you know, don't assume that your client is not smart enough to know those things out of the gate. Yeah, but also fix it. Like, if their right. site speed sucks, make sure you do your best to fix it, because that's, like I said, a top three ranking factor in, in SEO now, according to Google. And that's also something with the CMS that's kind of tricky when you're doing that back-end review before oh, yeah. you even get started. Because, again, we've, I've encountered on, in multiple excuse me, on multiple occasions working with a website where you want to make all these site speed adjustments, but the CMS doesn't allow for gzip compression or even right. image up, like, you know, you don't have the correct access to compress images even. And it's, it's really frustrating because you know all these really easy things could so increase their speed so much, but like you just, the keys to the castle are, are not <laughs> given to you, unfortunately. Right. Well, and even checking too, um, along with speed, always check if it's mobile friendly. This feels like a no brainer in 2019, but some of that site that maybe was built in 2005 and just hasn't been touched because the person just pours concrete all day and they don't care about the internet, mm -hmm. that site might not be mobile friendly and uh, that's going to be a problem in 2019. So if that's the case, definitely time to point them to the new to the website developer before the SEO gets their hands on it. Yeah. One of the things I find too, when we sometimes will see a website is like if you have like certain niche industries, and there might be one for laundries, I don't even know, but like for concrete specifically, I remember having some concrete poured, and the guy had told me like we were talking about his website, and he was like, I don't know, it's just something I'm part of the Concrete Association of America, and like because I'm that, I just get a website, and it's pretty much like a duplicate of every Just other cookie cutter yeah. yeah so you'll see that a lot with like um i think a lot of industries like you'll see um there was another one uh, chiro uh, chiropractors like there's okay well i know like, like in the medical field in general there's i some, know like, like the a1s or whatever all had the same website because i did like an audit i did a scorecard oh, yeah. for three like a1 locations but they were all like the same the website place? yeah yeah so yeah, that's definitely a thing. So duplicate content as well, making sure it's not just like a cookie cutter website that's taken from everyone else in the industry. But if you're in a, if you have a business and you're looking to have a website built, or maybe the agency or not the agency, but the Association of Concrete Pourers of America, they say like, hey, we've got a website because you're a member. Like maybe it might be free or cheap because you're a member but it might not be the best idea yeah, be Ask, wary of it <laughs> and make sure say you know is the content that's out there the same exact thing like if you're a distributor i actually remember the water softener company um they were a dealer of kinetico webs or kinetico water softeners yeah um and the when we first got them they just had duplicate content out the wazoo of just like all the all Connecticut. Their product, just, it happens yeah. on e-commerce sites blogs, all the time, too. Like everything so. was like directly exactly as it was written on Connecticut. Like you could highlight a whole paragraph and copy and it, paste it, it into your Google, browser, and it would and be the exact, it. yeah. Like 15 webs, the first like 10 website results were exactly the same content for different websites. So All right, so listen, I have an interesting story about that. So I went out to Google for a conference in late 2017, 
And it was like set up by this Google partner agency who works exclusively with like material handling people. Oh, yeah. So I was out there on behalf of a client who was invited thinking it was a big deal at Google, but it was really just a giant sales pitch for this company. But anyway, so they make all of these websites for these material handling places and they had this guy out there who worked for Google who used to make websites for car dealerships and like, you know, so all he did all Chrysler or something like that. So I ra- I had finally had a question. I raised my hand and I said, how do you make the content unique when you have 45 forklift sites or, you know, every like 40 pages about the Chrysler 300 across 40 sites? How do you guys make the content unique? And they did, that was like the one thing I wanted to know. And they did not answer the question. I don't know if the guy didn't understand, but he's like, well... He started talking, he's like, well, it doesn't really matter if the button's red or the button's blue. It's really just about the experience and if it if it works. And this girl at the table with me asked, she's like, were you asking, like, about, like, the copy itself and, like, the experience, yeah. like, how how it's unique because it's the same product? You know, the OEM's the same, like Caterpillar or Chrysler or something. So the products are the same across four different yeah, there's websites. Like in, in Northeast Ohio in general, there are five to six different Honda dealers. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, so <laughs> if I am if I have like 30 of these Honda websites or whatever, and they all have the same car listed on it, I was like, and you're managing it all. So, you know, someone in California isn't probably seeing the dealership in Massachusetts, but if you're managing it all, it's like, and Google sees it all, how do you make it unique? And they did not answer the question. I was yeah. like, no, you need to answer that because it's an agency, especially one that focuses in a niche. It's like you had that happened to us all the time. And it happened, I think I had an example at the Karcher Group or maybe just because it was like the one forklift company had a subsidiary forklift company or, and stuff like that too. And I'm like, how do you make this content unique? And no answer. So if anyone has an answer out there of how to make 40 pages about a Chrysler minivan uh, yeah. unique, I do have tell a, me. I have a client, and that was one of the things I pulled when we were auditing their website, and they were seeing after one of the algorithm updates, they saw a dip in their Ahrefs um, keyword ranking data. And for me, that's kind of Ahrefs is the, the tool that I use to kind of show the, you know, something might be wrong before it starts to be visually and um, measurable within like analytics. But um, I saw a dip and I looked at, you know, started looking at their content and I started looking at their blog content and I did exactly what I said earlier, which was I copied and pasted (laughs) just the first couple paragraphs. And I was like, hey, we're, you know, and they were, they sell like semiconductor, like electric, uh, semiconductor piece parts or semiconductors for the electric I don't know whatever mm-hmm. it is but anyway like so I but I recognize like ABB as a company like name that I recognized mm-hmm. and Siemens or whoever else where it was in there but they so they sold all these other brands of semiconductors that's not like they were manufacturing their own so it was similar to the forklift because I remember the forklift lift company at um the cartridge group where they would get spec sheet or a blog post from cat for about the newest yeah caterpillar. And, they would just, and they would just post yeah it. or mitsubishi whoever the latest forklift came from but they were kind of doing the same thing it's like hey we've got this new diode or this new semiconductor that just came on the market and it was the, the exact same press release or the exact same blog post about that and so having that conversation of like you know just tweak it a little bit rewrite it i'm not saying that if, if there's a paragraph of information find a way to bullet it out or if it's bulleted out find a way to work it into a paragraph so even just those those minor changes to make it a little bit different and phrase them a little bit differently um helps not saying you know there's certain things you can't rewrite 
spec sheets. You can't rewrite. Right. Yeah, exactly. You end up banging your head against the wall for nothing. Yeah. But you can you can put your own spin on it. You can talk about how buying that certain thing from your business itself um, is beneficial. Maybe some value added services. Maybe you offer a service plan or a maintenance plan that other companies don't add. Um, oh yeah, I mean your company's unique. Whether even if you're reselling other people's products, your company's unique in some way. So find find a way to make that come through. Yeah. Um, so maybe you know another low hanging fruit might be okay. Our competitors all rank for this phrase. Um, we don't have a single page on our website about it, but we do this service or we have this product. So there's probably new content opportunities. Um, you know, questions that are often asked that you don't have that you don't have answered on your website. So be on the lookout for new content opportunities as well. And making sure that the those pages and the new content that you're creating are have multimedia. So there's not only just words on the page, there's pictures and video too. Mm-hmm. Um, so this improves user experience, which keeps people on your site longer. Um, and it's good for SEO because the longer someone stays on their site and the more satisfied they are with their answer, um, that makes your site look better to Google. So it'll rank it a little bit higher. And, you know, when there's more pictures and video, people are just more likely to engage with their content than they are with just like a, a screen of words. Mm-hmm. Um, so making sure that all that's in place. And obviously, if you're, we're talking about SEO, you know, you want to make sure the image alt tags are in place and they have the keywords and stuff that they need. Um, if you do video, I usually iframe in via YouTube because I think Google likes that. Although... Now, recently, a couple of videos I've iframed in via Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, we just talked about um, that. And I've seen Facebook videos start showing up in Google results. I'm guessing they won't totally eliminate those because they're under a lot of pressure. Google's under a lot of pressure from the government right now under like monopoly, but not because they own all the search, but because they send a lot of search to their own properties. Mm-hmm. So if they sent every video search to YouTube, they would probably get in trouble. So they have to keep put like Facebook and Vimeo and stuff in there. So anyway, I have a couple Facebook videos on on the Rentware site. And the reason I do it, just as a sidebar, is because it only plays that video and it doesn't have any like weird like suggested videos that'll send you back to send users away from my site into YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that experience a little bit better. But anyway, making sure that these pages include some multimedia. And even if you don't, you know, have the resources to make a video, making sure you have images, you know, take a couple pictures. Use stock photos if you have to, if they're but making sure they're relevant and just adding to the experience. So just like a random stock photo of a cow yeah. that you find. Right. Well, you yeah, know, you could do that too because <laughs> honestly, that might make people more engaged. Like imagine if on my uniform page there's just a giant picture of the cow in the middle, just unexplained. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't I know. I guess if you're on that page. Yeah, it just happens. Um, so there's a lot of things to look at as the person who takes on the project. Um, oh, and thin slash old content too. So if you have, I said slash out loud, so that's fun. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so if you find a, a website and they, you know, they want to rank for this keyword, and there's kind of a page about it, but it's only a couple sentences long. You know, finding ways to build that out using both words, image, using words, images, and video. Yeah, and I'll say one thing that I feel like I've um, didn't do enough of. In previous agency, but I've, you know, in I learned, continue to learn a lot um, at Autobox, which I appreciate, um, is not being afraid to delete old content that, you know, maybe you have an old blog post and it's competing. Like if you think about, especially with Google recently announcing that they're the number of search results. So I think they're, they're decreasing the number of the same URL with even with a, with an appended um, slug 
they're going to reduce it down to three, I think, or, or maybe even less. I swear, when you search Uniform Rental in Canton, the first two results are CentOS. The next three are Rentware because you have our homepage that ranks above everything else, which is annoying, the Uniform Rental page, and then beneath that you have our Uniform Rental Cost page. Mm-hmm. But there's like two CentOSs. It's CentOS North Canton and then CentOS General Uniform pages and then three of our pages I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, get rid of theirs. Get rid of our, like, just give me our uniform yeah, rental and, and their uniform rental page. I don't want the rest. Or if you take, like, our uniform rental and Cleveland page, if they're in Cleveland or something. But still, I'm like, <laughs> I don't want the homepage outranking these other two better pages. It's yeah, like, uh. and then that's kind of what you want to think about when you're creating these pages. And how many how many pages do you, do you have that have similar content on right. them? Is unfortunately, there a can... unfortunately, I can't delete the homepage. Well, but... not that. <laughs> I'm not telling you to delete <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, so maybe there's a blog post. Yeah, deleting old posts, especially old posts that don't perform. So can they be... Can they be improved or if they're no longer relevant, just delete them? I've seen a lot of case studies where people deleted or improved or spun old posts into new posts Mm -hmm. and where their traffic has gone way up after that. I've seen tons of instances of that recently. Yeah. So definitely, definitely something to look at. Something I should probably look at too, because we have a couple old blog posts that don't really do anything. But then I'm looking like, eh, well, it kind of provides some value. But I was like, if no one's reading it, then who cares? So yeah, if no one's reading it, it's taking you know search credit away from a page that makes more sense. But at the same time, if it's a blog post on a specific topic that you can link to, or is linking to one of those pages, it's you know it's yeah, it's a slippery slope. So don't delete all your content. But if there was something (laughs) written in 2005, it's got a couple words on it, and nobody's going to it now, it's probably safe to delete or just improve. I would say improve before you delete. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Or spit like you know add that as a section to another post that's you know way more relevant or something, and make that one even better. Yeah, but I think a lot of times when you are an agency, you go into a site, and it's clear that that somebody was working with a previous agency because you'll find content. I'm actually in that situation right now with a new client that I have. Um, And they created all these blog posts that were really generic, like about the holidays and about like, they tried to do some listicles and like, it was like some of them were really a reach in (laughs) their their marketplace. So... yeah, delete those. Look through those and find a way to like you know to audit those and say like all right, like I have a task actually to audit a series of blog posts this month and figure out what the heck we can get rid of because some of them that I looked at, I was like, this doesn't even make. I don't where I I don't even I can't even figure out how this made sense. How forklifts help with your Black Friday shopping? <laughs> Honestly, God, it was like, like it was about whoa. it was supposed to be Valentine's Day, and then on top of it all, it was an infographic. So it was like one sentence followed by a giant image dropped on the page. So again, like it's probably something that six years ago, when it was the thing to do, was to drop a giant infographic into your page. They did it, but now we're building out smart pages that have the infographic kind of built into the content and you're mm-hmm. not just dropping the infographic into the site. When Google does blog posts, they do a really great job of designing them like infographics, especially on desktop where like you scroll and like something will move over to the side yeah. and then you come down, there's a block of text over here, but then like the person walks across I the I wish page. people could like, see your our movements right now. Yeah, you're really, fun. you're really I found a couple of really good blog posts on Google that for like a user experience design are great. And then on mobile, they actually do a great job of just pairing it back and making sure it's something that's easily digestible so if you want good uh, user experience and probably seo um inspiration just look at a couple of like think with google or the the keyword blog posts because they're very good so what about you from the 
from the company side or the client side or whatever, um, and what kind of notes do you have when they're when they're trying to dive into this endeavor? Sure. So one of the biggest things that I you know kind of in thinking about whether or not somebody's a good fit is asking some really important questions and thinking about your goals. But um, it kind of made me think about like when I went to college, <laughs> which is a great analogy where. I just kind of like I picked college. I knew I wanted to go to a small school. I knew that one of my friends went to the school already, and like I was like excited to necess- like to go to school with that person. Hey Sue, happy birthday! And <laughs> it's not happy Sue's birthday. Birth- Sue. It will not be Sue's birthday anymore when we talk about this. And she but just- as of recording, it is. Yeah, so. it's still her birthday. <laughs> So, you know, one of my best friends was there and I was like, I'm going to be like in, wanted to go into broadcasting. I was, wanted to be a newscaster, which you can hear by my stumbling voice that that'd be a great, a great industry for me. But um, yeah, I wanted to go into actual like journalism and, and media broadcasting. I wanted to be a news anchor, but I chose a college that did not have a broadcasting program. And I, in my naivety, did not have a lot of guidance in my college uh, choosing. So I ended up choosing and going to a college that did not have a journalism. They had a journalism program, but not a broadcast journalism program. So you didn't ask the right questions (laughs) in that circumstance. (laughs) Right. So don't do what I did when you went to college. I'm not mad about how my life shook out at all. Um, But, you know. I, I could be on the news today if I'd gone to a different school. Probably not still. Instead, you're on a podcast. So 2019. 2019, here it is. But no, <laughs> ask some questions. So, you know, are your goals just doing SEO or what do you think SEO is? Do you think SEO includes things like, um, you know, other marketing tactics? Um, well, I would say... Or like working with an agent. I would say in 2019, SEO and content are the same thing. Yeah, I, mean, I can absolutely. I say that? Like, I you mean, we argued that for years. I felt like at the old job, and oh, like, yeah. it was like people had SEO budgets with no content, and we would just sit there. I'm like, well, what do I like? Just rewrite these page titles again? Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> like, sixteen pages on your website, and I'm not allowed to write any content for right, new ones. And like, so like, yeah. basically, to me, SEO is creating content or having products that people want to search for or answering questions yeah. that people have. But I, I feel like um, you need to think about what your long-term goals are. Like, is right. do you want an all-encompassing marketing strategy? Do you want email marketing included in your work? Do you want um, paid social, campaigns? Do you want, do you want social? Yeah. yeah. And that's something that was kind of like a hard pill for me to swallow when I went from TKG over to Outerbox because... Yeah, they don't do that other stuff. Yeah, they well, we have a paid de- department, but well, they're their own separate department, and we're finally seeing. Um, but it's not social paid, right? It's just Google. No, they do social paid too. Okay. Yeah, but I feel like I'm finally seeing um, across like some aisle crossing. We actually just had a really great meeting with our director of paid, and he, you know, talked about how we can work together, and we're like scheduling. Uh, monthly meetings with a paid team and the SEO team to make sure when we have crossover clients that we're... Pay, when you say paid team, it's like implies that you guys aren't paid, but I know what you mean. <laughs> it's like the advertising team yeah. and the SEO team. Yeah, but do you want, you know, but but thinking about like, you know, I've had a couple of instances where I've talked to clients and, and especially that are e-commerce clients because we do a lot of focus on e-commerce where mm-hmm. I say like, well, what are you doing for email marketing? Are you doing drip campaigns? Are you doing them in abandoned cart series? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had clients that say like, yeah, I want to do that. Like, can you do that? And it's like, well, 
we can. <laughs> I can. Yeah, you know how to. <laughs> um, so I've actually tried to like champion that a couple times and say like, listen, if you have a client, like I have, like that was kind of one of the things that I started to dig deep into and like became the person who made the recommendations at my last job. So like happy to jump in and tell you, you know, what I think. Um, but ask those questions before you're hiring an agency because if you want to do those things long term and if you're working with an agency that say they say like, no, I'm sorry, we only do SEO or we don't have a content team even. <laughs> and for a while, Outerbox didn't. The their fuck? SEO, like their specialist wrote like intro copy because they were like okay enough to write page titles or meta descriptions. But like a full blog post, they didn't have that probably until a few years ago. Because wow. um, that wasn't their focus. Um, but, you know, obviously, if you want to grow, you grow at the times. And the times say that SEO and content are the same thing pretty much these days. So, and we agreed just a minute ago about it. Yep. So, yeah, ask those kind of questions and, and think about what your long-term strategy is. Because really what you should be looking for when you look for an agency is you want to look for a partner and I try to I feel like that's something that TKG did a really great job with because they established and created these partnerships mm-hmm. it wasn't just a short term contract that was, it wasn't yeah, like that we're was just their, gonna that was their messaging it was like we're a partner yeah that was we're their not brand like a, yeah. we're not your we're not your your three month set it and forget it low hanging yeah. fruit thing we're we're in it for the long haul um, and if you want just some quick SEO hits then there are agencies out there who are going to do that for you. Or people on Fiverr. Yeah, know, absolutely. There's a lot of different options if you need something done quick and just like one little thing. Yeah. So. But if you don't have an internal marketing team at your business or you're a one man band and you're doing it all and you just need to, you know, you realize where your limitations are and you want to farm some things out, um, you know, think about what your capabilities are and what you would love to offload onto somebody else or even things that you don't like to do. Um, and ask them, make sure you're asking those questions before you sign on the dotted line because you don't want to be that client who puts their 60-day um, notice in on their first day. <laughs> right, and you don't want to be that you don't want to be that agency or freelancer or, or Fiverr person or whatever who takes on a job knowing that it's not something it's not a good fit or not something that you can accomplish. So, making sure it's a good fit for both sides is profitable for both sides. I know a lot of times you see money and you want to grab it, especially in tough times. Right, but sometimes most of the time that's not going to end well for you because you're just going to make someone mad you're going to take their money they're not going to be a long-term person or a partner for you and they might even leave a bad review or something that's going to hurt you with other potential clients so i just had a reporting call with a first month client and everything that we did in a report was you know very detailed out like a lot of this like i very specifically put in like this is baseline data you know everything that we did this month was onboarding startup type things like listing everything out obviously letting them know everything that we did but just so they understand like hey we're not in the like move the needle phase yet right um but i sent the reports and we sat and had our first reporting call where i kind of walked them through the different pieces and parts of our reports and i did go both back through to like backdated so i had like comparative data Mm -hmm. um to look at and the lady was like yeah the last agency we worked with like gave us nothing even close to this for reporting <laughs> so she was bumped yeah i was like perfect and, and i was kind of living in this world where like i i covet like our paid team uses da- um data studio i know that you do um for your reports but yeah. we have a different seo kind of a home-baked seo um 
reporting tool that we use and we, you know, we'll incorporate screenshots. Um, but I'm finding now I've got a couple of clients that are like, well, I wanted to see this data and I just don't have, right. like I'm just now adding more and more screenshots that are pretty much just screenshots I'm pulling out of Google Analytics. Yeah. But I'm giving, you know, this report isn't necessarily for the marketing team I'm reporting. I'm working with every day. It's for the CEO mm-hmm. or um, the CFO who's looking at just that report and kind of getting a Trying to figure out what's going on in a yeah. way that's not overly detailed. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, so you know, ask those questions. Make sure that it's the right fit. Don't be afraid to walk away. As many, like you said, you know, for as many agencies as there are who um, are Fiverr or whatever out there, um, if you are running a business and it's not a good fit and it's your business, that's your dollars. You're spending those dollars, and you know, make sure that it's you're spending them wisely because. It's easy to get roped in by the charm of a sales team. Right. Um, that's their job. Their job is to sell <laughs> a product at the end of the day. And and in some cases, in some agencies, and I'm fortunate not the ones that I'm working with now or have worked with in the past, but um, there are agencies out there that just, you know, it's all about the sale, it's all about the dollar, and they tell you what you want to hear to get the business. Um, so be, don't be afraid to ask the questions and don't be afraid to say, Hey, I'm spending money here and I'm about to give you my money. So I want to make sure that what's going on. Yeah. I want to make sure that <laughs> this is the right decision for, for me and my business and my dollars. Right. All right. Well, sounds good on that note. I think that's a good place to wrap up. Yeah. So yay, Parker <laughs> says, yeah, she's back out. She's drawing cats and dogs and cat dogs, cats cat and dogs. dogs and cat dogs. All right. That used to be a cartoon. Cat well, dog. This is Drunk Marketing. I'm Connor. I'm Chelsea. Cheers. Cheers. Oof.